uh, chapter number 1. Appreciate Miss Evelyn being here and playing the piano. And uh, always a joy to have her here. First John chapter number 1, and um, we're going to begin reading in verse number uh, 5. As John writes this, First John chapter 1, verse 5, he says, This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Very important that we understand that phrase as we look at some of the verses that are to follow. We'll read verse 5 again because I want us to emphasize this. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we what? Okay, don't get mad at me. I didn't say it. God did, okay? If we say that we have fellowship with Him, And walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, be careful in verse 7. The one with another is not speaking specifically here in this passage of us having fellowship you and I with each other, but in reference and in context to the fact that we are having fellowship with God and He is having fellowship with us. Okay, now that will bring fellowship with all of us as believers, but this verse is speaking here of our fellowship with Him, His fellowship with us. So let's read verse 7 again. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby, and I want you to notice this, hereby do we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Father, we pray that you'll bless the message. May you speak to our hearts 
Give us clarity of thought and mind, and I pray that you would help the truth of this passage to speak to the hearts and that the work of the Holy Spirit will be done in our lives as He would see fit. Lord, above everything, I pray that you would help us to take heed, to be willing to apply and to be yielded to the truth of Your Word, that we would be willing to apply it and to do it and practice it in our lives. Not to just have a head knowledge of it, but that we would uh, take heed to it and use it. So, Father, guide and direct our steps, we pray. <clears throat> in Jesus' name, amen. I want us to look at, at this passage. There's three things I want us to deal with with regards to <clears throat> excuse me, our testimony. We're living in a time where our testimony is of vital importance. We're living in a world that needs not only to hear from Christians of the truth of God's Word, but they need to see Christians that are actually living the truth that they're preaching. And we're living in a day where there's a lot of people that proclaim the truth of God's Word and very few that live it. And John is writing here and he's encouraging the believers, he's encouraging those that have trusted Christ as their Savior to live a certain way by way of their testimony. And he makes this statement, I love this, as he gets to the end of where we read here this afternoon or this morning, he deals with the fact that this is no new commandment. This is not something that's, that's a new revelation or something that's unusual you've never heard before. This is something that is an old commandment. This is something that Christians just ought to know. This is something that when we get saved, it's Christianity 101, if you will. It's, it's, it's the beginning levels of Christianity that we know that our life reflects our testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to look at three things this morning. If you will, look with me in 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to be using two portions of Scripture this morning. We'll be using uh, some passages here in chapter 2 of 1 John. And then also in Galatians chapter 5. If you want to go ahead and find your place over there, we'll be over there in just a moment. Uh, 1 John chapter number 2. And I want you to notice in verse number 4, uh, he says this, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth... Not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, I want to pause there for a minute, and I want to tie that to a truth that we saw in chapter 1. As we go back a minute and we want to look at verse number, uh, verse number 5, that God is, in the latter half of it, He says, I declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. I think sometimes we get in our mind that a little bit of sin is okay in our life. And the truth of the matter is we ought to be striving with every fiber of our being to never sin. Uh, we've become too accustomed to the fact that, well, we're sinners by nature, and so I'm going to sin, and we don't put the effort into trying not to. We, we, we kind of get used to the fact that I'm going to sin, and when I do, I have to pray and ask God's forgiveness so that I can have that fellowship again with Him. It doesn't make us any more saved or any less saved, but it does restore that fellowship. And I think we get too callous with this idea that because there is an old nature in us, and we've heard that preached and taught, and the Bible teaches that, that that somehow excuses our lack of effort in trying to live holy, in trying to have a testimony that glorifies the Lord Jesus. Because our Bible tells us, and John reiterates this fact, that when it comes to the things of God, there is no darkness in Him at all. And then I want you to notice what he says in verse number 7. But if we walk in the, what's the next word here? Light. 
as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, what? Cleanseth us from all sin. Now, hold that thought and let's go back over to verse number uh, 4 of chapter 2. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. I would say this question first. How is our testimony when it comes to living out the light that God has given to each and every one of us? This light is a sense of holiness and righteousness. There's no darkness in it. And the Bible tells us that the way that we know that we have that fellowship, the way that we know that we are living in that light, because that is the only way to have fellowship with Him, the way that we know that is by obeying His what? His commandments. How is our testimony when it comes to the obedience of God's commandments? How is our testimony when it comes to the light that's within us? Several times as Jesus Christ was teaching His disciples, He made the statement that He was the light of the world while He was here. But when He left, He took that light and He placed it in the vessels of those that had trusted Him as their Savior. He put it in earthen vessels. And He tells those, even when He was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, He says that ye are the light of the world. In other words, you're to take the light that God has given to us and you are to take it to a lost and dying world. And that light is, is a light of holiness just like it is in God. It's a light of, of, of righteousness and a life of living rightly. And this light is to shine unto the whole world. When it comes to the area of the light that God has given to us, His Holy Spirit to indwell us, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit upon us when it comes to our sin, how are we living when it comes to this thing of our testimony in the area of the light that God has given to us. In verse number 4 of chapter 2, he says, He saith, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a what? A liar, and the truth is not in him. It's impossible for you and I to say that I am walking in the light and to not obey what God has given to us in His Word. It's impossible for us to say that we are in fellowship with Him and to not obey the things that He's given to us in His Word. There needs to be a revival in our hearts. There needs to be a, a conviction. Let me say it this way. We don't like that word much. But it's necessary, and we ought to be thankful for conviction. Conviction is not a pleasant thing. It pricks our hearts. It makes us feel uneasy about ourselves. But there ought to be conviction in our hearts that causes us to say, I need to be obedient to the Lord because I've got a testimony to keep before Him. I want to show forth the light that He has given to me. I want to show it forth to the world. And I don't want that light to be hindered. I don't want that light to be tainted. And those that will claim I'm walking in that light and then they go out and they don't obey His commandments, the Bible says they're lying about it. And the question comes to this point when it comes to the light that we have with regards to our testimony. How are we measuring up? Are we obeying His Word? Are we obeying His commandments? Look a little bit further in the chapter, if you will. 
We're going to go down to, I'm sorry, we're going to go to verse number uh, 6. The Bible says this, verse number 5, excuse me, of chapter 2. Verse number 5 of chapter 2, he says, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily, notice this, is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought also ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So in verse number four we find that we are to have a, 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 we're to measure our light that God has given to us, our obedience to Him, our fellowship with Him, if you will, that comes from the light that He's given to us. In verse number five, the Bible speaks about the fact that our testimony ought to be that which displays the love of God. And he says, Whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. The love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So how does our love of God measure up? Well, let's take a moment and look at some things. Because there is a contrast that is given by John in this chapter. As he deals with the things of the love of God. And then he deals with the things uh, that are not part of the love of God. And we find that as we get down to verse number uh, 14 of chapter 2. 14 of chapter 2, he says, I have written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that was from the beginning. I have written unto you young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the what? World. Now, here's, here's something that is contrary to the love of God being perfected in us. We have a love of the world. And so, how is our testimony when it comes to our love of God? Here's the test of it. Do we love the world? Do we love the world? Are there things of this world that we love, and if so, they are contrary to the things of God? Now notice what John says about this. He says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is what? Not in him. Now again, back in verse 5, it says that whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. But if we love the world, the things that are in the world, the Bible says the love of God is not in us. How is our testimony when it comes to our love of the Lord? Are we living worldly lives? What does it mean to love the world? Well, John describes it here in verse 16. He says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So how do we know which way our love is? How do we know if we're loving God and it's being perfected, or we're loving the world and we're following after it? Well, John tells us, when we love the world, it's considered to be the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I want you to hold your place here for a moment. Let's turn to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. And Paul is going to put it another way here as we get to verse number 16. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. Paul says this, I say then... Walk in the Spirit. This is a capital S. What this means is that we're to walk with a sensitivity to and a yieldedness to the convicting work 
and the leading work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So he says, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the what? Lust of the flesh. Now, wait a minute. The lust of the flesh is part of loving the world, isn't it? According to John. So the lust of the flesh is that which wars against our love of God and that being perfected. It destroys our testimony. Not only in the light that we show forth of the Lord Jesus, but in the love that we show forth of the Lord Jesus. Notice what he says here. He says in verse number uh, 15, uh, verse number 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust, uh, the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And notice this phrase, And these are the contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now, <clears throat> let's see what the works... Of the flesh are. Let's see what this lust of the flesh is. Paul's going to describe it to us here. Again, Galatians chapter 5, verse number, eight, uh, verse number uh, 19. He says this, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. They're not hidden. They're out there in the open. Which are these? Now these are the things that would cause us to not have a good testimony when it comes to the love of God being perfected in us. Adultery. By the way, our world could use a healthy dose teaching on that subject today, couldn't they? It's amazing how many of people that name the name of Christ are involved in adultery and fornication of all sorts. And they don't even have a conscience about it. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. By the way, you may say, well, I don't have idolatry in my life. If there's anything in our lives that take a higher uh, matter of priority than the Lord Jesus, then we have an idol in our life. Idolatry, witchcraft, here we go, hatred, variance, emulations. And up until now, you may say, well, I, I don't really have a problem with all those. Well, what about this? Wrath, that's a work of the flesh. Strife. That's the work of the flesh. Seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. These are the works of the flesh. These are the things that are part of lusting after the flesh that's warring against the Spirit. These are the things that are contrary to the love of God being perfected in us. These are the things that will destroy and ruin our testimony. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say something here that I think is, it should be able to be understood easily, and yet oftentimes I think we, we miss this. There's a lot of things that we say, okay, I don't have that in my life. But then we will watch things on television... Or we'll read about things in books that will have these things in them, the works of the flesh in them. And by reading them for the purpose of entertainment or for amusement of our minds, the fleshly part of our nature is lusting after those things. It's longing for those things. We're enjoying those things. I was listening to a preacher, uh, Brother Wayne, I think it was Brother Wayne Hardy, a number of years ago, 
uh, made a statement, made a comment. He was talking about uh, his television uh, watching, and he made the statement that uh, he, he and his wife had made a, uh, an agreement in their home that uh, any time that there was a, a program that said a cuss word, they would turn the TV off. And he said not only would they turn the TV off, but they would never watch that program again. He said it wasn't very long before we couldn't watch anything on TV. Now, folks, I'm not trying to be funny about this, but really among God's people, shouldn't something like that be something that we should pursue after? No wonder we have such a a struggle with living holy and righteous. No wonder we have such a struggle with our testimony when we we allow things by way of apathy, by way of just not being worried about them or concerned about them. We allow them to creep into our hearts and into our lives. And by the way, there used to be a day when this type of preaching on the holiness and the fact that there ought to be separation from these things from the world, this used to be common preaching among God's people. And it was things that were understood by God's people. And sad to say, we live in a day where people say, well, that's being overly legalistic. No, no, that's being godly. That's being Christ-like. That's allowing the love of God to be perfected in our hearts. It has to deal with our testimony. He goes on to say this. He says in verse number 22, I want you to notice, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now we're going to hold that phrase for a minute because we have a, compare, a contrast here. We have what are called the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh came from verse number 17, which said the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. So when our flesh lusts, it produces these works of the flesh in us. But then there's a contrast. There's what's called the fruit of of the Spirit. Now notice that the one takes effort. It's something that we produce in ourselves. The second one is a fruit that is born out in us by the Holy Spirit. There's a difference there. We're the origin. We are the source of the works of the flesh. But I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit bears fruit in us that is beyond what I can do. Often. Now hold your place in Galatians 5. We're going to be back there in just a moment. And let's go back to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter number 2. In verse number 4, we found that this fellowship, this idea of fellowship, has to do with whether we have the light of God being lived out in our lives or not. This light that He's given to us. Uh, in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we're in this light... Um, and that we have fellowship one with the other. If we walk in that light, we have fellowship one with the other. If we don't walk in that light, then we have no fellowship. And in verse 4 he says, He that saith, I know him, meaning I'm in relationship with him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So, verse number 4, we find that he's dealing here with the light that's in us. How is our testimony when it comes to the light that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us? Verse number 5, it deals with the love of God being perfected in us. How is our testimony when it comes to the love of God being perfected in us? Are we following after the love of God or are we following after the love of the world? This love of the world entails the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and we saw the fruit of that. We saw their works. All right, now let's look in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to, what's the next word here? Walk even as He walked. When it comes to our actions, 
when it comes to not just our mindset and our heart on things, but when it comes to our actions, when it comes to the way we live our lives, when it comes to our walk, how is our testimony? Notice as we get back to Galatians, if you will, for just a moment, chapter 5. Verse number 16 is where we started, and it said, This I say then, what's the next word here? Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh being that which causes us to love this world. Do we walk in the Spirit? Verse number 17, he said, The flesh lusteth against the Spirit, the Spirit lusteth against the flesh. They are contrary one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, and we looked at those. So what does it mean then to walk in the Spirit? What is it that characterizes our testimony? In verse number 22, it says, The fruit of the Spirit... Is, and I want us to look at this list love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have what? crucified the flesh with the affections and what? Lusts. So you're going to do one or the other, and you never can do both. You're going to either do the works of the flesh, or you're going to yield yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in you. But you can't do both. They are the contrary one to the other. There's a tug of war that's going on inside of each and every one of us, and we're going to succumb to one or the other. And so much as we follow the love of the world, so much as we follow this lust of the flesh, if you will, the works of the flesh, we quench the Holy Spirit's fruit in our lives. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. What does that mean? That means I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in me. Now, let's think about this fruit for a moment. A lot of Christians love the idea of and the concept of holiness, and we ought to. We ought to, we ought to eschew evil. There ought to be a hatred and, a, and an anger towards that which is evil, and we ought to. But, but our Christian life is not summed up in just those two thoughts. There's more to it than that. There ought to be other things that characterize someone who is allowing the Holy Spirit to have absolute full control over them. That the Holy Spirit is, notice what he says in verse number six, verse number 18. He says, but if ye be what? Led of the Spirit. In order to be led, you've got to be a willing recipient of that. You've got to say, lead the way, I'll follow. And, and we oftentimes miss what the fruit of the Spirit is supposed to be. If the Spirit is leading our lives, there are things that will be born out in us that we don't do on our own account. The Holy Spirit does it through us. 
you'll just wake up one morning and you'll realize, as you're following the Holy Spirit, you're going to realize, I have these things in my life. He has produced a fruit in me. And notice what this fruit is. It is love. How is our testimony when it comes to our love? Well, I I know we're known for being strong on our standards. And we ought to be. I'm not discounting that. But why are we not noted for our strength and love also? What about our joy? What about our joy? Where's the joy that ought to be there? It ought to be characterized of a Christian. That those that are led by the Spirit will have this fruit produced in them. It will, it will be a natural part of following the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. He says love, joy. Notice this, peace. Peace. Not only a peace of heart and contentment in the Lord, but also one that is peaceful in, in the things of life. We're not always out trying to stir up trouble and strife all the time. There are some people that, unless there's drama in their life, they're not happy. That, doesn't, that does not bear fruit of the Spirit in our lives. What about long-suffering? What about gentleness? Is that borne out? Do we have a testimony of being a gentle person? What about faith? Do we have a testimony of one whose faith is strong? God said it, and we just take Him at His Word? And we're noted for that? It's fruit that's borne out in our lives so much that people see it in our testimony? How about meekness? We can use a healthy dose of that in our world today. Temperance. Not, not having things in excess, not, not going above overboard on things. Temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another to envy, uh, provoking one another and envying one another. So when it comes to this thing of our testimony, if we've been saved, we've been given the light of the Lord Jesus, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we claim that we have fellowship with Him and we live in darkness, our testimony is destroyed. The truth is not in us. We're lying about it. When it comes to the light that the Lord Jesus has given to each and every one of us as Christians, how does our testimony measure up? When it comes to the love of God being perfected in our hearts, how does our testimony measure up? Do we love the things of the world or do we love the things of the Lord? When it comes to the way we live, are we doing the works of the flesh or are we allowing the fruit of the Spirit to be borne out in us? The end of the matter, I believe, we can find in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1. And that is this. Paul writes, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
Before we got saved, we were under the power of the flesh. We were in bondage. When we got saved, the Bible says that we can have our flesh crucified and we can walk in the Spirit. And Paul said this, stand fast in it. Stand fast in it. When we walk in the Spirit, it will affect some things in our lives. It's going to affect the things that I say. My speech is going to be altered. We preached a few weeks ago on some of this about speech. But the things that I say in life are going to be altered when I walk in the Spirit. If I want to have fellowship with the Lord... If I want to have that light shining in me, if I want the love of God perfected in me, if I want to walk in the Spirit, then there's going to be some things that will change in what I say to people. Slander, gossip, should not be named among God's people. Bearing a false witness, saying things with the intent to deceive, should not be named among God's people. If we walk in the Spirit, not only will our speech be different, but our attitudes and our hearts will be different. And people will see it. Our testimony will be affected. Do we lose our temper? Do we get angry? Do we snap back? Do we try to get vengeance? What is our attitude? What is our heart? Our actions, the way we live, the places we go, our amusements, the things that entertain us, will not be of a worldly nature. They will not be anything that, in, that, that entertains the idea of the works of the flesh. It's going to cause you to turn some channels off on your television, if not all of it. It's going to cause you to have to turn the computer off. It's going to cause you to get rid of some books. going to affect some things in your life. It's going to affect the way you treat one another. It's amazing to me that when we, we, we kind of seem to live in our own bubble, when we get around our people and our, our folks, people that believe the way we believe and have the same kind of heart that we have, we, we kind of live in our own bubble. We treat one another sometimes carelessly and callously. And we don't realize that there are people on the outside that are watching and they're seeing these things. When we walk in the Spirit, and that fruit is produced in us, there will be a change in how we treat one another. There will be a change in the things that take up our time what we invest our time in, the things that we work for, the things that we labor for, the things that we spend our time doing that we enjoy will be changed to come into conformity of the things that honor and please the Holy Spirit of God. There's two, two things that are battling against each other. The love of the world and the love of 
God that should be perfected in our lives. They're contrary the one to the other. They're going to battle. They're going to war. And as we succumb to one and oppose the other, our testimony will go that way. The light that we have in us may be tainted. The love of God may not be perfected. The walking in the Spirit may be hindered. And it will affect our testimony. I fear sometimes that when it comes to the things of our testimony, we don't give it a whole lot of thought. We don't stop and pause and ask the question, how is this going to affect my testimony? We've become so accustomed to the fact that I'm just human. There's going to be things I do wrong that we've just gotten used to it. May God give us a desire to put forth the effort to be diligent. Let me use the Bible word here, to strive. To strive to be holy. To be right. To be diligent in this thing of walking in the Spirit. And to do all that I can to crucify the flesh. To not let it have control over me. We need a revival of this among God's people. We're living in a day where, to be real frank with you, our world needs to see holy living, not just taught by God's people, but lived by God's people. Our world is so tired of Christians that teach it and preach it and then don't live it. They are tired of it. They mock it. They look at that and they say, that truth has no power because obviously it didn't change your life. Oh, that we would not only know the truth, but that we would live it. Let's stand together, shall we, with heads bowed. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We pray that You'll take and use this idea. Lord, there certainly is a great battle going on between the works of the flesh, the fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, John said it best that if we say that we know Him and we don't do those commandments that He's given to us to do, then John said we're liars, that we're lying. The truth is not in us. May we be Christians that have a desire to have a testimony that is pleasing to You, that points men to You, that does not cause a reproach.